As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Lean In Leander. I'm your host, Andrew Nadine, and this is episode 11 and also the third in the Vote in Leander series. I had an opportunity to sit down with Donnie Mahan, who's running for position four in the at-large city council race. And um, really an interesting conversation with Donnie. I found him to be a very engaging guy. We had an opportunity to talk a little bit about where he's from, a little bit of his personal history, and it gives you some insight into what he's done in Leander to date and what he sees for the city moving forward and his leadership style, uh, some of the things he looks at uh, when he is uh, considering why he's running. Uh, I think he really hits some notes in this interview that will give you some insight to him as a person, which is the purpose of these podcasts, at least the Vote in Leander series, it's to hopefully give you, a listener, uh, an opportunity to look at the person themselves, less the candidate. Uh, The candidates are going to have plenty of time to talk about the politics, and I'm not saying that we're not going to chat a little bit about some stuff, but at the end of the day, I want to try to give you some insight and uh, open up the person a little bit, let them show their personality and show who they are uh, individually as opposed to a candidate on a ballot. So um, with that uh, reminder, again, make sure that you're registered to vote. The vote will actually take place in May with some early voting dates in April, but you have to be registered by April 1st. If you haven't registered already, please feel free to do so at voteinleander.com. There you'll find all the information that you might be looking for, uh, important dates, etc. will all be spelled out for you right there. If you are registered uh, or you're maybe kind of thinking, I need to check, uh, I also have some links there for that type of stuff. So um, by all means, check out the website, voteinleander.com, and participate in the process and in electing your uh, local officials. I think it's super important to do so. Uh, With that, we'll go ahead and move on to the conversation with Donnie. Uh, If you're sitting around watching the video, grab a drink. If you're listening to the podcast, turn it up, and here we go. This is episode 11 
of Lean and Leander. So I'm sitting here with Donnie Mahan, who is a candidate for Place, uh, place 4. Place 4. That's right, Place 4. Okay, so uh, Donnie had an opportunity to sit down with me here this afternoon, and we're going to have a little chat about him and uh, why he's running for city council here in the uh, city of Leander. Uh, Donnie, thank you for your time. Thanks, thanks I appreciate it. No, it was very nice to meet you today. Now, just so that people know, Donnie and I, this is the first time we've actually met. We've exchanged a few uh, emails, but beyond that, we haven't had any personal previous contact. So I always like to clarify that so everybody knows where we're coming from. Um, so uh, basically, uh, you know, what I've been doing with these interviews is that it's very personal. You know, we're just going to kind of sit and chat, have a little, you know, conversation. Um, Typically, uh, you know, we cover a few little topics, and where I like to start is um, where you're from. Now, I know you're from a small rural town in North Carolina. That's correct. But I didn't know which small rural <laughs> town, and I wasn't sure if that was supposed to be known. Or what I, I no, 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 no. There's, there's plenty of small rural towns. Actually, um, I was born in Lincolnton, North Carolina, which is in the foothills. Okay. Um, I was there until I was about seven years old, but, but most of my family extended third or fourth cousins are in eastern North Carolina, right along I-95, which goes up and down the East Coast. Um, so I grew up uh, in a few little small towns in North Carolina, but the last one we met it on, and kind of where I where I claim as where I'm from is a small town called Sharpsburg. Sharpsburg, North Carolina. Population about 2,400 when I was was a a little boy. And um, we were next to a big city of Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, which anyone who goes up down I-95 will see see that name, which was the big city because it had about 60,000 people. Right? Oh, okay. Which is smaller than Leander, so it just it blows my mind every you know, every time I think about that, that, that right. was always the big city and it was about fifteen minutes away. Right. Um, we had one stoplight in our town because the highway ran through it and that was the only reason. So one stoplight so you one literally were like uh, what is it, Andy and Opie, right? Didn't they have one stop sign? It's one it's stoplight too. Like that, yeah. <laughs> that's a small town. That's a really small town. That's a really small town. I grew up in El Paso, Texas, which, you know, all things considered, it's a really, really big city. Um, but at the time, it was, you know, still, still smallish, you know. And again, it's far west Texas. So as far as Texans are concerned, most people felt we were closer to California than we were to the actually <laughs> Texas out there. You know, well, so, hey, you know what? I mean, we were on the Vans trend really early. <laughs> so, uh, okay, fantastic. Well, I was just really curious about that because you kept saying small town. I was like, well, what, what is a small town? I mean, and I've never been to the Carolinas, so I have no idea what it's, what it's like out there. Um, just go back. Okay, so, um, all right. So, in um, your life, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, obviously coming from North Carolina, what... What eventually got you to Leander, Texas? Um, the medium story. It's never a short story with okay. me. Nothing's <laughs> ever a short story with me. You know, I'll give you the medium story instead right, of getting too right. long into it. Uh, after high school, I, I had entered the Army National Guard for a while. I, I worked a few different jobs from working in a factory. I was a manager at a skating rink. I worked at a bingo place. Okay. A, lot, a lot of small town-esque right. you know, um, type places. Um, and I knew that there was something more for me out there, so I wanted to go to the military academy. So I went to the 
National Guard folks and said, hey, can you help me get there? And they said no. So I went to the active duty recruiter and asked if I went on active duty uh, full time, if I could, if they would help me get into West Point. And they said yes. So I dropped my life right there mm-hmm. and went on active duty. And I was at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, um, enlisted infantryman, and was having a great time. And forgot all about going to West Point, you know, going to school or anything. Um, and one day I happened to be in the Fort Campbell newspaper that the admissions officer was coming by. And that kind of sparked my interest again. So I went and talked to the admissions officer. And again, medium story. So I'll fast forward a bit. I got accepted into the academy. Okay. So uh, I was um, entered entered uh, West Point in June, or sorry, July of 1998. So quite a bit longer ago. I was a 2002 graduate of my centennial class. Okay. I was the oldest graduate of my class, and probably the oldest graduate at the time uh, of all classes, just because of some laws that had changed. You know, we'll get into that. Right, detail. right. Um, was a was a HR guy in the army, so I did. I had plenty of time in the mud and the sand and, and doing fun stuff as an infantryman when I was enlisted. Um, met my wife while I was at West Point. We got married in June of two thousand three. Um, did my time as an officer. Had two little girls at the time, and said, you know, I've been to Iraq. I've you know kind of got the t-shirt on the deployments. Right. I want to watch my kids. Grow up and not be away all the time, and so I left the army. Uh, went to Kentucky for a little bit. Worked at Humana as a project manager. Eventually, wound up down in USAA in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had our son, and he's our, he's the only true Texan. Uh, my wife is from South Africa, so okay. so you know she's she's not from around here at all. all right. uh, and my girls were born in North Carolina because I was at Fort Bragg at the time. So, um, and about five years ago, I got the opportunity to move up to uh, to the Austin area and work at Visa. And so I've been in Leander since May of 2016. Okay. All right. So um, with your with your uh, career uh, in in the army, um, what rank did you end up uh, at? Uh, I was a captain. You were captain at the end of the day. So you did uh, a stint as an enlisted soldier, and then worked your way up to West Point. Now that's not a very traditional pathway, from what I understand. It's not. No, so why, why, I mean, what was your interest? What, what drove you to go to West Point? Uh, so I'm a first generation college graduate. No one in my family had gone to college. Um, college just wrote, wasn't really in the cards um, for me either, just from a financial standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that there was something greater for me and a greater impact that I could have. And I thought that having a degree was a pathway to that. So I was just fighting for everything that I could, looking for every angle that I could to reach that goal. That's pretty cool. So self-motivated from that perspective. So there was nobody that was really like, you've got to go to college kind of thing going on, right? Absolutely. Like I said, for sure. Everyone wanted that as a goal, but again, you know, the same thoughts that I had of um, it wasn't necessarily in the cards. Right. right? It was going to be a hard road. Uh, self-funded. I tried the community college route for a while, and I wasn't disciplined enough. Right. And that's also why I wanted to go to the academy. I, I realized I didn't have the discipline enough to get up and go to class myself. Mm-hmm. I needed somebody to kind of force me to go. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I always say, you know, I had the discipline enough to realize I didn't have the discipline enough to be a college student. So I, I, need, I need a little bit more structure involved. All right. Now, you know, I wish I had made that realization myself as well. I, uh, I attended UT El Paso. Uh, I'm, I'm a few credit hours short of actually finishing my undergraduate degree, but you know, 
life moves and you do things and, you know, you end up in Houston. So, you know, those things happen. Uh, but uh, there was one point. There was one point. Very brief. <laughs> I don't make any qualms about it. But it was, uh, I had a fraternity brother who was uh, Air Force, ROTC. And he tried to get me, you know, started to get me involved. I'm like, hey, you this round. I'm going to pay for your school. And I thought about it. And then I moved on. Just wasn't for me. I was like, you know, if any of the if any of the branches, it would have been Air Force, because I always wanted to be a fire pilot. But I think what happened is I now I remember I went and I didn't have twenty twenty vision, and at the time they didn't have the corrective surgeries that they do now. So, well, so that's really interesting because uh, from the time I was about six years old, I wanted to be a fire pilot. So the oh, reason okay. I even knew about West Point was because I wanted to go to the Air Force again. Oh, okay. I wanted to be a pilot. Right. Everyone said you couldn't do it. I've been wearing glasses since I was two and a half. Mm-hmm. So my, my vision's been cutting me out of that option since I was two and a half. But I didn't believe it. Right. You can do whatever you want to do. Right. I can fight for it. I can be whatever I want to be. And when I was about 16, I finally gave up on that goal. Right. And then I kind of switched gears. And that's why I enlisted in the National Guard when I was in high school. That's really, really interesting. I mean, I know people, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily, necessarily want to call it a calling per se. I mean, obviously, you had some early cognizance and awareness, self-awareness, which I think is brilliant given how young you were. You know, I've dealt with a lot of young men and, and, and working in mentorships and things of that coaching and stuff like that. And self-awareness is not usually very high on the list <laughs> when you're that young. So, um, I wasn't self-aware of everything. Yeah, that was enough. There are segments that I look back and I'm like, mm-hmm. my head. Oh, don't we all? Don't we all? Seriously. No, I think that's terribly, terribly interesting how you got there. And, you know, again, I have some familiarity, just very tertiary. Uh, you know, my, my uncle uh, was uh, enlisted. He, he served in Vietnam. Um, my grandfather was also in the army, in the army, uh, as well as my step grandfather. So I always had a kind of little bit of exposure. And then I grew up in El Paso, right there by Fort Bliss. So you know, I saw all this stuff. You know, uh, I remember one time when I was little, we lived on St. John Street, and it butted up right up to the base at the time. And they used to do the tank, the infantry drills. Like I could sit in my backyard and I could watch it over the wall. It was crazy. It was crazy that they were that close. I mean, they weren't firing, they were just doing driving drills. But anyway, I think about that now and I'm like, wow, I was really, really close to that. So anyway, anyway I, thought, I just thought that was a very interesting part of your bio when I looked at it. I was like, That's, that I think is something I think people would be interested in, in knowing about you. And I appreciate you sharing to the degree. So that's kind of the purpose. That's what we try to do, kind of elicit some of those things. So um, HR, USAA, and talent acquisition. So there's always a conversation about, you know, who's involved and how they're involved and whatnot. So I'll kind of use that as maybe a little bit of a pivot and talk about talking about, you know, how you envision, as a candidate, how do you envision getting people involved, whether in your candidacy or whether, you know, if you were to ascend and, and be elected, you know, how would you do so as a, as a council member? I, I think the I think the most important way to do it is to tell them about why. You know, why why do I want to do it? Right. If I can get them um, understanding my story and my reasons why, that's much more likely that someone's going to be willing to help, not just support me, but also support me from that standpoint of volunteers and 
you know, you know, help working and help to get things accomplished. So, um, you know, the big, the big, uh, I'm a big Simon Sinek fan. Oh, you know, yeah, and, so and, 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 he, and he talks about, and you know, he the talks why. About he talks about yes. the why. Uh, you know, and the why is so important. I can't just say, you know, I want to be a, I want to be a Leander City Councilman so I can get things done. But that doesn't really tell why. Mm-hmm. What's at the core of that? Mm-hmm. And I think for me, uh, getting people around me who believe in my why. It is really what's is what's important for me more than if I get nobody on my team because no one believes in my why. That's better than having a hundred people on my team that really doesn't believe in the message because they're not going to be good advocates right. for me either. Right. Um, but but don't get me wrong. I absolutely need help. So <laughs> let, let's be clear about that. So, yeah, I don't want to talk myself out of folks right. wanting to help. Right. But but you know the why for me has always been about service. Okay. I had the why did I join the National Guard? It wasn't because I wanted to go play in the woods and you know get dirty and you know shoot some guns or something. I could do I, I grew up in rural North Carolina. I could do that right. Like I didn't need to, to go have someone yell at me to do that. Right. Um, the why was because I wanted to be a part of something bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to be a part of something bigger than myself. Uh, at, at serving in the army. When I, when I went to the academy, their big thing was about service. Right? They, they want to train uh, cadets to, for um, a lifetime of service. Now, they call it a lifetime of service to the nation, and they're expecting you to stay in for 20 years. I didn't do that for other reasons, but, but it's still it's all about that service. And for me, I think that because of my background and, and my varied ex, uh, experiences from you know, growing up in rural North Carolina, small town North Carolina, um, college not being in the cards. My parents worked extremely hard to give me anything that I wanted. I had more than I deserved. Mm-hmm. Absolutely more than I deserved as a child. Uh, my, my parents are incredible. They were working 40, 50, 60 hours a week just to give me. They were sacrificing for me. Mm-hmm. And that's made me who I am today is thinking you know, all these different experiences. That also allows me to relate to a lot of folks. Yeah. Because as a college graduate, as a director in IT at Visa, you know, I, I make very good money. I'm very, my kids are never going to know right. kind of some of the things that I get. Right. Well, hopefully they see the love for them that my parents showed for me. Right. Um, but my reason to serve the community is that, you know, I, I understand I can relate to what a lot of them are doing. And I want to know what their issues are and how we as a city, city government can help address some of those things. Interesting. Right? That's the why for me. It's never been, nothing I, well, I can't say nothing I've done has been about me. I'm, uh, you know, we all have a little bit of selfish nature involved, mm-hmm. but this is not about me. Mm-hmm. Right? This is about everyone else and, and how I can engage and, and, and get to know and learn and help, hopefully help others. I've spent my whole life, everything I'm only, I get my most satisfaction, sorry, I'm a little stumbling here. Um, I get the most sat- satisfaction of anything I've ever done in helping others. Mm-hmm. Like watching my team that I manage right now learn and grow and get promoted, that's more satisfying to me than getting any work done. Right. Um, and, and I just want to be here to be that avenue for the city to be able to help others. I think that's admirable. Um, I definitely am a fan of Simon as well. Um, I, and I'm not that kind, I'm not the kind of guy who really globs on to speakers and motivational right. people. You know, I've I've had 
you know, I've been in sales my entire career, so, you know, you're always getting, you know, sales motivators and, you know, this guy and, you know, whatever. And I just, I've always found them to be very, um, just not sincere, you know? And when I listen to Simon Sinek, I really find him very sincere. I think that he really does, like you say, believe in his why. And um, it actually, that was one of the things that I picked up on real early on with him. I forget what it was. It was, he was doing a, it was a TED talk, I think it was. And he was talking about Apple. He was talking about Apple computers and, and the why of Apple computers, which is a tremendous TED talk. If you haven't seen it, that's one to go watch because that one's good. Um, but that's when it caught my attention. And I was like, okay, this guy seems like, and I've listened to him ever since. Um, I get his uh, daily little motivation emails. Because <laughs> one of the first things I do in the morning was like, okay, what Simon have to say today? And it's like, it's nice to, actually Simon says, I never really thought about it, but Simon says. So every day I play Simon says. Anyway, um, so cool. That's neat. That's something that we would share because, again, I, I find him to be uh, a tremendous, uh, you know, thought leader. Definitely, you know, yeah. Don't buy into everything he says and does. You know, I, I never do with anybody, but I like a lot, what he, a lot of what he says. And your why is is really something that I try to get to with some of the questions. Like why? And so you've kind of already answered that. So you jumped ahead a little bit. So Sorry about that. that's okay. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ban you or anything like that. <laughs> so uh, that's interesting. So transitioning from HR to IT, and I'm assuming that there's a reason that you made that change. Um, they are a little divergent, <laughs> yeah. but were you kind of already kind of a, you know, were you a gadget geek or, you know, were you kind of nerdy from that perspective? Um, so to be honest, I was unemployed. Oh, okay. And as the single source of income for the family, when that source is getting zero, you know, you're really looking for what you can take on. Right. Uh, I had... Uh, chased a location and went to an organization that just wasn't right for me. Right. The culture there wasn't very collaborative. It was very cutthroat. I've got to get ahead by putting you down. And that's just never been who I am in any situation. Right. So I, uh, I, I, I quit that, that job. Um, and I was unemployed for a while, got a great opportunity to come work at Visa doing something that kind of blended my project management skills and my HR skills in an IT organization. Gotcha. Never been a part of an IT organization. Right. So um, luckily that role allowed me to uh, utilize both my, my project management and, uh, and HR skills. And I built a very good reputation with my previous boss. And uh, he showed me an org chart of things that he was looking at to change his organization. I was like, oh, that director of operations role looks, looks really good. And um, I, I think I could do that. So we had some conversations around, and that's where I'm at now. So three years later, I've been leading a, a team in IT as a director in IT at Visa, a large IT company. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but my team brings in new technology for Visa employees, gotcha. right? And we enhance existing technology. So I lead a team of project managers right. and business analysts. So it's still not too far away from my core skill set right. of project management. It is very far away from my skill set of HR. Um, <laughs> So, but it's a it's a lot of fun. It's a challenge every day. So they're sourcing they're sourcing um, application and hardware, or is there strictly application? Uh, both. Okay, so, and so it's all for internal consumption. Correct. So, like our Microsoft Office suite of products, Adobe, um, uh, 
if we brought in, well, if we if we would have brought in Zoom, we use Microsoft Teams voice right. video, but things like that. So yeah, all the internal applications that an employee would use, uh, the the organization I support owns all the engineers as well, so that tier three level support gotcha. uh, that the individual employee would never talk to anyway. Right. Interesting. Interesting. That's an interesting segue. And I think it speaks, at least from my perspective, it speaks to a certain um, go get it, go, go get them kind of uh, uh, you know, ethos in your life. I think that kind of shows through. Uh, I think it's terribly, terribly interesting. You strike me as someone who would really consider themselves a servant leader. And I think that's a, probably a fair assessment of that. I tried. Well, it's interesting because a lot of times, you know, and you kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, people's motivation is uh, is more. Um, I, I don't want to say self centered, but it is. It's a little bit more of a self perspective. Like you know, I want to do this, like you said, uh, as opposed to you know the why I want to do this, or I'm doing this because of somebody else. You know, like typically. I know that I've seen a lot of success stories where people go into leadership roles. They didn't want to be there in the first place. They did not want to do that, but there was enough people like, hey, you really need to do this. And, you know, you usually flourish in those roles. So that's a, that's, that's terribly interesting. Um, now, I know you've been here since 2016, but in 2018, um, you actually ran for the LISD Place 7, right? Is that correct? I think it was place seven. I looked it up. So okay, yeah. Well, yes. assume I'm right. Yeah, I'll, I'll assume you're right. That sounds good. I did. Um, been heavily involved in the schools. My, my uh, children's lives. My oldest is a tenth grader now. So since she was in first grade, you know, my wife and I have both been a part of the TA organization. In fact, since the second grade, my wife was on the board of a PTA organization for the entire time. Um, yeah, very heavily interested in again serving the kids of the community. Mm -hmm. Right, and, and understanding the the large scope and the direction that that LISD has, and how the decisions you know at the board level impact these communities. I mean, children are our greatest resource. Mm -hmm. Right, they're the ones who are going to take care of us when we get too old to take care of ourselves. And if we don't set them up, for, so from a selfish standpoint, it makes sense. If we don't set them up for success, we're dooming ourselves. I agree. Right. Um, there was also some other things, uh, such as the fiscal policy. You know, having a having a, um, a school district that's four billion dollars in debt. And if you look at as humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Industry. They make about $400 million a year in operating revenue or in tax revenue. Uh, that means we could not do anything at any school, never run one thing, never teach one child, and it would still take 10 years to pay off the debt. That's, that's almost insurmountable. Mm-hmm. Right? And so. I got into that race. I had, I had done a few things already with the schools. Uh, again, being being part of PTA, I sat on the um, district-wide education improvement committee for a couple of years as well. I didn't know anything about running uh, kids. Mm-hmm. I had no idea who my opponent was. I had no idea who anybody on the school board was. I, I really wasn't prepared. I, I, didn't do my homework. I just jumped in. Mm-hmm. Right? Self-motivated is great, but sometimes I <laughs> jump. I, I jump into the deep end of the pool with a big, you know, ton of bricks on my back right. and, and no plan to get out. And right. so, um, obviously, that didn't work out for me. Uh, I had plans to run again in 2020. Last January, though, I had knee surgery, a lot of abuse in the army. Uh, jumping on the planes and whatnot, but uh, I had a torn ACL, a torn LCL, and my meniscus was a little bit worn as well. So and I you were still just walking around. I was still playing softball. Uh, okay. so like, so, there's a lot of things I was doing yeah. that I probably shouldn't have been doing. Why that yeah. <laughs> you can have long conversations with my wife, and I'm sure you guys would agree more than, than we agree. But uh, so I was, I was at home for about six weeks. Um, and, and I was like, no, and, it's, and I got to have way more time with my kids because I couldn't go anywhere. All right. and, and it made me realize that uh, you know, the reason I got out of the military was spend time with my kids. My oldest is a 10th grader, my middle is an 8th, and my youngest is a 5th now. They were um, 9, 7, and 4 at the time. Grades, mm-hmm. uh, not ages, but uh, that if I get on the school board, that's the last four years that my oldest is going to be in my house. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get that time. Yeah. Um, the school district being 220 square miles, that's a lot of places to cover, a lot of events to go to. So I said, you know what, for the benefit of my family, I'm not going to do this. And when I did that, a board member goes, so you're going to run for city council. I'm like, I just said I'm, not, I'm trying to do this to save, you know, to not do this for my, uh, to do this for my family. Right. Uh, I was already serving on the planning as only commission for Leander already. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know quite a, quite a few of the council members really well. Um, and so I was like, you know, it, it was kind of just a bug that was, that was placed in my ear. And, um, I, I thought about it and, and, and everything I do, I give a hundred percent. Um, I like to do a lot of different things. So, you know, can I do this and still be committed to my family? That's always the question I get. Mm-hmm. Donnie, you're doing a lot of stuff already. Are you going to go to add this one more thing to it? Um, and I said, yeah, I can. Because I'm going to give up 100% uh, every time. It means I'm going to have to have some other things. Mm-hmm. But there's two things I want to sacrifice. And that's one, 
is my family, mm -hmm. obviously. And the second is the job that actually pays the bills. Right, exactly. Because I still have to, yeah, 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 that's part of taking care of my family as well. Right. Which is something that I've talked to a couple of the other candidates about as well. And it's one of the reasons that I like to explore what you do for a living and, and work because, um, and before I go there, I'm going to pause on that. I want to tell you, you're really good about answering my questions before I've actually asked them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I can't have the questions lined up in my head. You answered them. Like, I didn't even get to ask the question. But part of what I was going to ask earlier was, you know, how did that candidacy kind of, you know, help you or guide you in your current candidacy? You kind of already answered that question. But to my point about work is that there's a work-life balance that exists regardless of, you know, regardless of what you're doing, whether you're a volunteer coach or, you know, even if you're a couch potato, there's still a balance there, how much time you spend at home versus how much time you might be working current events aside, you know, because I'd obviously change the paradigm of a lot of that, right. but, um, you know, we'll get back to some new normal at a point, and it'll be interesting to see what that looks like, because I think a lot of people have now, you already hear it, you hear it on the news, we're like, well, yeah, we want you to come back to the office, and people are like, well, I really don't want to go back to the office, you know, so um, we'll see, that'll be very interesting, but the point that I was making was the candidacy to volunteer your time because again I always like to talk about this it's a volunteer position Absolutely. don't get paid for being on city council um, I think you're spending two weeknights out of the month I think considering you know, every couple of weeks and actually at a meeting which can be arduously long in certain instances I mean it, I think it's amazing when council gets out by 10 <laughs> you know and I've seen plenty of meetings I haven't watched the whole thing mind you I watch them on repeat <laughs> so, um, but um, yeah, no, it's crazy how much time you have to put in there. And so, you know, I always like to ask, uh, you know, how do you balance that? Because running a city, and I'm sure this is true of all cities, and I don't think it's specific to Leander, but the one thing that I think is specific to Leander and that is unique to the situation that you are asking people to support you and put you in in that level of, say, kind of in charge, for lack of a better term. Um, this is the fastest we can see. I mean, they're, they're, the numbers that are being put up in Leander are mind-boggling when, you, when you're a data, you know, a data-centric person like I am. I start looking at that, I'm like, holy cow. I mean, I think, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said there's like 17 new people, 17 new families moving to Leander every week, which is a crazy number. I know in talking to Chris Sersnick, when we sat down here, uh, we were talking about the challenges that he has working with Coventry Homes, just building the houses because the materials aren't available. So that's an incredible amount of speed. And with speed comes, unfortunately, pitfalls, I think, because you're, you're trying to kind of keep up with things. And how do you feel about that? I mean, I know you, you point out a few areas, and I want to talk about that a little bit next, but... You point out a few areas where you think you have some concerns, but more to the point, how do you balance, you know, hey, you've got a work life, you've got your family life, you're going to have to spend some time figuring these things out, because while your project management skills will probably give you a little bit of an advantage over most, there's still a lot of things that, I mean, I look at stuff and I'm like, I have no idea what it's about, you know, so it takes me time to figure it out. I'll let you comment. Okay, that's a pretty, pretty big one right there. <laughs> Uh, well, I talked about the work-life balance, uh, work-life, work-for-the-city-life balance uh, that's going to that's gonna come to play if, if I'm fortunate enough to be elected. Um, 
that's going to be interesting because the at, at the initial onset, there's a lot of stuff that I don't know. Right. Right. I know uh, just from my time on planning and zoning, right. you know what it takes to you know review a, a zoning case, mm -hmm. and everything that comes to well, almost everything that comes to us at PNZ also goes to city council. Um, however, what also happens at, at the council level that's not allowed to happen at the, the PNZ level by charter is um, developers will reach out to the council members individually sometimes, collectively, well not collectively because that would be form, but individually sometimes um, uh, council members have to have to work with staff on questions like Robin Griffin is the is the planning director. She's amazing. If I have a question, I go to Robin. I don't have to work with everyone else on staff mm -hmm. because I'm only talking about planning and zoning type stuff. So there's going to definitely be a learning curve. It's going to take some time to get up to speed on. I think that once that happens, that you know it'll it'll still be a draw, a heavy draw on time in general. It just won't be quite as much as that initial phase um, after uh, after the election. Assuming I'm fortunate enough to, to be elected, uh, you know, I do plan to take some time off of work just so I can I can kind of accelerate some of that as well and, and have it not impact my work enough. Um, uh, um, thanks to COVID, I haven't really gone on vacation anywhere, so I have some time. Yeah, it's time, time, to time to save up. Might as well invest it in your place right. uh, and, and uh, continue to be able to serve. Um, the, we are fastest growing city. And you're right, that comes with some incredible opportunity. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I had a former process engineer who said there are no issues, only opportunity. Right? I love his perspective. That's a good perspective. That's a great perspective on that. So we have lots of opportunity, right? Positive and, and, and negative, uh, obviously. And, and, and we've seen the impacts of some of, some of that growth mm -hmm. in a positive way and a negative way. Mm -hmm. I think that that's just gonna, you know, going back to all, all the different things that I do, in my mind, I think right now I have to cut out everything but work and family and city. Mm -hmm. In order to be able to properly serve the citizens the way they need to be served, I need to be able to give them as much time as required. And the only way to do that without sacrificing, again, my top two priorities mm -hmm. is to pull back everything else. Yeah. And so that's that's kind of how I'm approaching it from a mental standpoint. Um, running a campaign is kind of a precursor to that because right. I'm having to do the work, uh, life, uh, all these other commitments that I have. So every Thursday night, I'm either in planning zoning or counseling. You know, I previously I watched uh, either live or the recording of every council meeting since I've been on PNZ to help me do my job a little better. But I didn't go to the building every time. Right. You know, because that's a separate commitment as well. Because I can, you know, have dinner at home while I'm watching the the, the council meeting. Um, can't do that when I'm sitting in in the, the municipal hall there, in the council chambers. So it it is a bit different. Um, you know, block walking, putting up signs, um, meet and greets, working with working with people, um, planning strategies. You know. Trying to raise funds, everything takes up time right sure. now, and so I'm already having to kind of dial things back a bit from from other activities. Uh, so I'm feeling I feel the pressure on that. Um, but but our city is incredible. I mean, we have we have a very bright future. Mm -hmm. I think 
Um, I think that we uh, have the ability to, uh, sorry, that I have the ability to make a very positive impact on the city that I probably won't even realize. Because yeah. I'm always thinking of the long game, yeah. not the short game. Yeah. Right? And I also don't feel that politicians spend 10, 20 years in, in, a, in a role because then they become either jaded or complacent. Mm -hmm. I am both of those are bad for the city. We sure. want new ideas. We want we want um, um, fresh perspectives, different perspectives, different than my own. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm I'm a very different person than everyone who's on the current council. We may think of some things the same, but we don't. I don't always agree with any one individual that's that's on the current council. Um, so I think that uh, that we have a, a very bright future, and I think it can be a good part. Well, I, I like your, your your point of view of you know from diversity of thought. I mean, obviously, that's something that uh, in project management we talk about a little bit. I'm sure from time to time. Um, so that's interesting. Um, I think that's a good insight. I think that the that the people who would watch this or listen to the podcast um, would get a sense of you know what your ideals are and where your ideation is coming from. So from that perspective, again, I appreciate you sharing. I think those are good insights, and I think that helps people kind of at least. The purpose again here with these interviews is to get people to know you as a person, much less as a candidate. The, polit the political stuff we got plenty of time for. Right. That's the way I like it. I like, look, we got plenty of time for that. Let's let's get to know you. So uh, I appreciate that. So um, one thing that, that this stuck out at me, and I have to ask. Okay, and this is not one of those other questions. This is a different kind of thing. The the top dog in the Watch Dogs program. I was like, okay, I gotta find out. What is that? Because I have no idea. This is great. So anyone watching this, so the Top Dogs program is a national program for our, our schools that wants to bring positive male figures into our schools. Historically speaking, you think of the PTA model, mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of PTA dads that actually are on PTA boards that are doing a lot of stuff in the school. But it's a stereotypical thing of the PTA model. With the Watchdogs program, it stands for Dads of Great Students, DOGS. Interesting. Dads of Great okay. Students. All right. Um, what the Watchdog program is designed to do is to bring male role models. And it doesn't have to be a dad. You can have a grandpa. I've had brothers that have, that have been Watchdogs before, uh, uncles that have been Watchdogs before. It, any positive male figure into the school to give these kids a good male role model at the school. You talked about Chris Cerny. Chris Cerny has served as a watchdog in Camacho for, for <laughs> quite a long while. Really? Yeah, I wish I had known how I would have gotten into that one too. He, he's, <laughs> he served for, for quite a long time. And so the top dog just means the person who's in charge of the right. at the time. So you're kind of a part of the PTA board. Uh, uh, but my wife was the president at the time, so I was semi-voluntold. But I've been a part of the watchdog program since my 10th grade was in second grade. So, so I've been a part of the program in other organizations and really helped stand it up here at Camacho. Interesting. See, I didn't, I, I obviously, my kids grew up in Houston mm -hmm. and, you know, we were part of uh, the Cypher uh, district for majority of their education, which is a great district out there. And they do a lot of neat things. But I don't remember, like, a watchdog. The, the vernacular and the, and the acronym, I was like, I don't know what that is. I have to find out. So I appreciate and, you. And back to the plug, though. So, Tell your husbands, dads, brothers, um, any men who are watching this, sign up. Be a watchdog at the school. Every school needs it. Every school needs it. And 
you're gonna you're gonna get just as much out of it as the kids are. You don't need to commit a lot of time to it. I always went, I always volunteered on my kids' birthdays, mm-hmm. so they would get to spend the day with dad. And if their birthday, so my son's a my son's a Jew baby, so uh, you know his birthday doesn't fall when school is. So he he, he always picked his half birthday. So we figure out when that was. <laughs> but if it fell on a weekend or a holiday, they get to choose what day around it. But it becomes an event for your own child. But again, when I was there, you know, I would spend a lot of time pushing kids on the swings. Watchdog, watchdog, come push me, or playing football with the with the third, fourth, or fifth graders. Right. You know, um, because I'm, as I'm getting older, as my knees doing that, that yeah. I can I can I can somewhat keep up with the third graders. The fourth graders, some of them would start beating me. The fifth graders, I would just be the quarterback. So so then I end up in my uh, so you know, but, but it's such a great program. So anyone listening, please learn more about it. Talk to your PTA if you don't have one of these programs. Start one. It's great. Oh, that's fantastic. I appreciate it again. I appreciate you sharing. And there's some passion there, so um, I hope people picked up on that as well. Um, so campaigning is well underway. I know we're rolling into the second week of March here. So I guess we've got what four, eight, four, five, six, seven weeks left, or something like that. <laughs> So I know it'll come and go fast, but I want people to understand where they might be able to find you, what kind of events you'll be holding. Um, so why don't we share that information with folks? Okay. Uh, so right now you can find me on Facebook. I have a Facebook page. If you just go into Facebook and search at Dr. Ford Leander, F-O-R, not the number four. So okay. maybe not the best choice of things to do uh, <laughs> in retrospect. I am working on a uh, campaign webpage. I don't have one yet, but I found out that a old high school buddy of mine, a great friend of mine, uh, owns a web hosting service and he's oh. helping me build oh, a webpage. Awesome. So, awesome. you know, using some extended connections yeah, that I have there. Um, that will also be Donnie for If you go to www.donnieforleander.com again, um, you will see uh, my webpage. You'll see my actual sign there now that's just kind of the backdrop until we get some yeah, more content aspects so that'll be coming up park in the url yeah that, that, that'll be coming up soon uh and it's donnie d-o-n-n-i-e for for those like uh, donnie marie i know yes. I'm, I'm, I'm putting my age up there with that reference but uh so there's plans in the works i i've um we have plans for meet and greets and uh there will be a schedule of those going out on my facebook page there's going to be block walking. There's going to be lots of block walking. So I'm going to um, wear out some shoes. How do you manage that? I'm going to have to wait. Okay, so, so, so it's safe. Yes, right. it, it'll definitely be absolutely safe. So we'll be masked up, um, ring the doorbell, knock on the door, standing back. If no one's there, I'll leave the door hanging. If they want to engage, absolutely can engage, right. but at a safe distance. Okay. So again, uh, understanding that we are still in the middle of pandemic, yes, we are. right? And we still need to be safe. And it's not just for my benefit, but for mm-hmm. others as well. We, we had a little bit of that conversation right. prior to the right. prior to when, this. When Donnie walked in, I had already taken my mask off and I was doing some setup and he showed up with his mask. So mask up, folks. It's still super important. I want to make sure that we're not modeling inappropriately for you. We just we got started uh, and I'd already taken mine off. So uh, we're in a safe space. It's just the two of us. We got plenty of space between us, and I have my mask. And he has his mask. I have, I have mine too. I have my Leander Little League. There you go. So Leander. another plug for yeah, Leander Little League as well. So for those of you <laughs> out there, get your kids involved. Boys and girls can play on the Little League baseball because we don't have a softball program yet. Yeah, it's a totally divergent to what, to what we need to talk about. 
Uh, so, so there's going to be some block walking involved. Uh, there's going to be some candidate meet and greets involved. Uh, I, I would love to have a virtual like town hall as well. So again, going back to this is a pandemic. Let's do things differently. Uh, so um, I am always available via phone or email. Uh, and I say always, but you're never going to bother me if you ever reach out to me on any media form because if I'm working, I won't answer, but I will return it. Sure, you know, it's the, um, you, you ha- everyone has access to it. I want to be, I want to be the candidate, the councilman who everyone says, you know what, when I reached out, he responded every time. And every time someone reaches out to me, I will respond every time. And I will tell you as much as I know or as much as I legally can share, right. um, and every time. And, and that comes with, and, and I will treat everyone with dignity and respect every time. And that doesn't have any qualifications. You can come at me yelling. I'm not going to yell at you. There's nothing that, there's nothing you can that. Mm-hmm. Because if you come at me yelling, you probably have a reason why. Mm-hmm. So I want to figure out what that reason, what, what I said earlier, I'm here to help people. And if we do this, I'm not going to get to help anyone. Right. You know, and, and I think that for a long time, our city um, has been pretty well divided. And partisan politics at the national level yeah, has started help. dividing us as well. It doesn't help. doesn't help at all. It doesn't help anyone at all. We are so much stronger together than we could ever be apart. And, and I want to help unify with you. I can't do it by myself. I need help. I need people willing to listen. I need people willing to help. I need people willing to help me see where I'm at. I'm not always right. Mm-hmm. right. So I have to be willing to listen as well. I need people willing to call me out if I don't listen. And I hope that never happens. Right? But, but reaching me should be the easiest thing ever. So you asked about how, how are people going to engage me. I hope that's the easiest thing ever. Not just through the candidacy, but and beyond. Right. Right. Well, I, I think you bring up some really, really good points. And um, I, of course, like the other candidates, um, I invite you. I'm, I'm still working on the plan, um, but I do plan to have a candidate forum in April. And uh, you know, if I'm able to pull it off, I, you know, I'd, I'd be very happy for you to join us and, and participate in that. That one's going to be a little bit of a deeper dive into some of the, the uh, campaign issues and the politics of politics. Um, but I appreciate you, Donnie, for taking the time here to, to give us a little bit of personal insight. I found it fascinating. I'll be honest with you. I mean, you're a, you're a very uh, genuine uh, individual. I think that shows. And I think people uh, will appreciate you taking the time. So um, before I let Donnie go, I do want to make the plug, guys. Um, if you haven't already, and uh, hopefully you'll start seeing some of those signs around town, VoteInLeander.com, okay? Um, I, this, is, this is my personal issue here with this election is the, um, just the, we need to increase the amount of people who participate in the election itself. Um, we cannot have 3.5% of the population making decisions on who our elected leaders are. It's just, it's, it's, in, it's impossible to fathom that we would allow for that to go on as long as it has gone on. So uh, whether it's apathy or whether it's information, I'm going to do everything I can to break that down. And, um, I was even looking, I think, when I was looking at your uh, place seven numbers, the numbers that uh, vote for the LASD board members are like 
15,000. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I know that it encompasses a lot more than just Leander specifically, but still, I mean, that to me, it shows that people are willing to participate if they know. And again, this is my personal thing. Vote in Leander.com. Go there, get the information you need on registration, uh, the information you need on voting places, times, and dates. Um, and again, if you haven't already registered, you have until April 1st to get your registration in and be able to vote in the uh, Leander election. A uh, caveat there, if you are new to Leander, you have to have lived here, I think, 30 days before you'll be able to uh, actually participate in the local election. So as long as you've lived here more than 30 days, you can register and you can vote in May So or, or April when the early registration is. So again, Donnie, I appreciate your time. Thank you so very, very much. It was a pleasure. I really enjoyed meeting you and I look forward to uh, seeing your run and wish you the very, very best luck in uh, your candidacy. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Guys, that's it for this episode of Lean and Leander. We'll see you next time. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.